Today's episode of the Watson Weekly Podcast is sponsored by Commerce Tools. The world of commerce is fast-paced and constantly changing. Commerce Tools, the global leader in commerce and creator of the powerfully composable mock architecture, enables commerce leaders to turn possibilities into reality. Commerce Tools helps businesses go from underperforming to overachieving, and from keeping up to setting the pace, all at a lower total cost. Go to commercetools.com to learn how to get started. It's November 6, 2023, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, UPS reports bad Q3 2023 earnings. Amazon smashes their Q3 earnings. What everyone gets wrong about platform decisions. Omnicom Group acquires Flywheel Digital. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first in our shopping cart full of news, UPS Q3 2023 revenue and profit declines. You know that cartoon when the train goes off the tracks and starts picking up more steam headed downhill? That's a good visual for the accelerating decline of UPS at the moment. UPS thought their third quarter was going to be bad, and it definitely was. And at the same time, the company lowered its full year 2023 guidance. I'm going to put my commentary on this UPS earnings call into three buckets, good, bad, and WTF. On the good side, UPS claims 46% of Teamsters' contract costs are in first year. On a five-year agreement, this means that after the first year, they may be ahead of their competition on costs. Happy returns should be a great acquisition for them. It costs merchants $33 a unit to process the returns, and 20 to 30% of e-com packages are returned. And now, consumers can drop off with no label and no box improving UPS delivery density at the same time. This will be available at 12,000 locations in the U.S., including 5,200 UPS stores. UPS has opened seven dedicated healthcare facilities this year, which should be a growing high-margin market. On the bad side, UPS revealed that package diversion from their Teamsters agreement was not $1 million as they previously reported, but was $1.5 million but that winback has been 600000 on that number already and accelerating week over week. 50% of that winback has been from FedEx. UPS is definitely seeing demand softness from their shipping customers who did not divert volume. That's not a great sign. UPS lowered their full year 2023 guidance to a midpoint of $91.7 billion. Recall at the beginning of 2023, the company had guided between somewhere 97 billion and 99.4 billion. Last quarter, the company lowered their guidance to 93 billion. So, yeah, the trends are not great. By the end of the year, could this end up being almost a $10 billion miss on the top line? Finally, my favorite of the WTF category UPS clearly has no idea what the consumer will do, producing a holiday volume growth range between 4% to 12%. This is despite the fact that UPS says they have good visibility into their top customers. UPS's top 20 customers are seeing retail same-store decline and e-commerce sales declining more than retail as spends shift from good to services. 
On top of that, they say volumes are recovering. The message seems kind of off. Where are we seeing e-com volume declining faster than retail? Nowhere this year I've seen. To finish off this segment, revenues declined almost 13% year-over-year in the quarter to $21 billion, compared to $24 billion last year. These are accelerating revenue declines quarter-over-quarter on a yearly comparable basis. Our second story, Amazon Q3 2023 earnings results. Last week, Amazon reported their earnings and it's clear what's going right, and that is logistics. The runaway success for Amazon in the past year has been the rollout of their regionalized fulfillment network. At Amazon scale, you cannot underestimate the difficulty of this transition. Sounds like the results have exceeded even their most optimistic expectations on cost to serve, speed, and customer satisfaction. I believe this has been a very underappreciated bet-the-company type gamble. For Amazon, the formula has been the same for many years now, and it's something that Jeff Bezos used to say all the time. Faster shipping increases purchase frequency and range of merchandise purchase. Andy Jassy reported that fulfillment performance was the fastest seen in the company's history. Here are my five biggest takeaways from Amazon's earnings report. First, Overall sales were up 13% year-over-year to $143 billion, up from $127 billion last year, with operating income up five times year-over-year on a quarterly basis. Second, the company reported that consumers are still cautious about price and trading down. Lower discretionary spending, they say. Third, let's go to Amazon Web Services. The division grew 12% year-over-year, which is solid growth in what is now a $92 billion run rate business at 30% operating margin. That's ridiculous. Fourth, the advertising division grew 25% year-over-year, which is very solid, and that is accelerating from 22% year-over-year last quarter. Advertising is now a $50 billion run rate business, which itself is unbelievable. Growing faster than AWS and at much higher operating margins? Whew. Finally, and perhaps you're not surprised by this, there was not a single mention of Amazon's physical stores or grocery business. No questions about it at all. It's almost like analysts gave up on them. Our third story. What everyone gets wrong about platform decisions. I've been thinking about this topic a lot lately, and it strikes me that the industry tends to focus a lot on what software platform to pick, but not very much about how to align your organization make a proper decision, and then implement it. While the procurement is focused on quadrants, waves, capabilities, and marketscapes, back in the world that IT and digital leaders actually live in, it's not even just about the decision itself. It's about an organization adopting and executing its digital capabilities consistently in service of its business model and customers. The platform is the least of its worries that a mid-market or enterprise digital leader has to focus on And when it does become a worry, it's usually due to neglect. Here are just a few concerns digital leaders have in evolving their results. For instance, some companies are more risk-averse than others, so unless a vendor is well-established with multiple references in their category, they will not even be considered regardless of the rest. Your financials can also affect a platform decision. I find literally zero discussion about how a company's gross margins affect their software decision-making. Yet it happens. Many companies simply don't have the points of margin to give up to an unending list of SaaS vendors. 
your ability to execute is also critical. It's very hard to succeed in a major digital platform evolution without great leadership and project management, managing up, taking one step at a time, and prioritizing. Forget what the requirements actually are for a second if you only get to step one of your 200-item roadmap before you give up. What have you accomplished? Finally, let's talk about agencies and integrators for a moment. This is also an extremely underrated aspect of making a platform decision. Very few organizations can manage an entire platform in-house. Almost everyone must rely on one or more third parties with specialized expertise. Your ability to evaluate these resources is critical. And so these are some thoughts to take on your journey. And our last story, Omnicom Group acquires Flywheel Digital. The acquisition of Flywheel Digital by corporate advertising and marketing firm Omnicom Group was announced last week. From a positioning point of view, there appears to be good alignment. Omnicom works with large brands and Flywheel is positioned to service enterprise brands. Flywheel Digital got its start by servicing the retail media needs of big CPG companies like Procter & Gamble, Unilever, and Clorox and the company services a significant amount of retail media spend. This move highlights a few things to me. One, large media firms are desperate to give their clients the ability to access large growing channels, in particular e-commerce, retail media, and by the way, Amazon. Two, these same large media firms are desperate for talent. And make no mistake, in the agency space, there is definitely a war from talent going on almost all the time. Third, The acquirer is notable, and I think in the past you might have seen private equity making this kind of transaction, but an Omnicom strategic acquisition makes sense as well because mid-sized agencies are frequently getting gobbled up by larger agencies. The growth of retail media is an accelerator in all this and likely increased the urgency of the business for Omnicom. There's just one question I have in all this. Who at Omnicom is going to be making the ultimate decision where a client's money gets spent And what percentage will be on Amazon? And how is this attribution done? Hey, Watsonians, this is Rick. Did you know that Shein has acquired UK fast fashion brand Misguided? If you were in our online community, you would. To stay on top of what's going on in e-commerce and join the conversation, visit community.rmwcommerce.com today. Now a word from our sponsor, Commerce Tools. When a multi-billion dollar beauty brand's e-commerce platform neared the end of its life, the entire business was at risk, including the ability to serve customers. By switching to commerce tools and embracing a more flexible mock architecture, the retailer's vision for connecting in-store and personalized shopping experiences became a reality. The brand can now roll out new features within days, securing its position as a modern brand that uses technology to its advantage. If you're being held hostage by your technology platform and your developers have thrown up their hands, tell them to start a free trial at commercetools.com today. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, Vision AI raises 5 million pounds in seed funding. Vision AI uses artificial intelligence to enhance search results and cross-selling for Shopify and Shopware merchants and has raised 5 million pounds in seed funding. This seems like a tenuous space to be in as Shopify has placed some big bets in the AI space on its own. Second, 
Node exits Stealth by raising $2.5 million in seed funding. Node, an app-based consumer privacy and information solution, emerged from Stealth with $2.7 million in seed funding. It's an interesting concept, but their biggest challenge will be merchant and consumer adoption. And who will want to give them the consumer data? Third, Pop-Up Bagels raises $8 million in Series A. Pop-Up Bagels, a viral bagel and schmear brand, has raised $8 million in Series A funding round for growth and leadership expansion. In the current economic climate, how does this fundraising make sense? Are the good times really not over? How many bagels does one need to sell to repay that $8 million? Fourth, UPS to acquire happy returns. UPS has acquired happy returns from PayPal for an undisclosed amount. It never actually made sense for happy returns to be a part of PayPal, and this will give UPS a boost to their returns experience. And finally, Nexus Capital Management acquires Dollar Shave Club. Unilever plans to sell Dollar Shave Club to Nexus Capital Management for an undisclosed amount after seven years, retaining a 35% minority stake. Story of this deal is that Unilever kept a stake. It needs help to fund Dollar Shave Club's customer acquisition needs, but isn't ready to give up on the upside. That's at least one vote of confidence for the deal. And today's final word of the week of November 6, 2023 is growthy. This was actually one of the funniest comments to come out of UPS CEO Carol Tomei on the recent UPS 2023 earnings call. Growthy is how she put the returns business, which is clearly not a great trend for the industry, but with UPS's recently acquiring happy returns, it could mean great things for UPS itself. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our production partner for the series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Jose Baez. Production manager, Gabriela Montequin. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>